Today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML. We've had a lot of discussion uh, right across this country over the last couple of weeks, I guess, about the Trans Mountain Pipeline Project and uh, the political fallout that's uh, resulted in that between the the provinces of British Columbia and Alberta, certainly, and now the federal government, who's trying to broker some sort of a deal here to get this thing done. Uh, just to bring you up to speed, the Fed's already okayed this, and Alberta wants this desperately, but uh, the B.C. government, uh, the NDP government of B.C., says they won't sign the papers to get this thing going, and uh, there's a trade war that's resulted. It's gotten really ugly. Well, there is another pipeline project that uh, is, uh, well, supposed to be on its way. It was actually okay at the same time back in 2016, uh, but it could be uh, in jeopardy because of some of the legalese that's going down. Joining us to talk about both of them, Marvin Ryder, business professor at the Degut School of Business at McMaster University. How are you doing this morning, Marvin? I'm great, thank you, Bill. Uh, this has devolved from a, a debate about whether or not this can go in and signing all the papers to, I think, a, a philosophical debate about pipelines in general. Yeah, there's some of that for sure, Bill. So let's just distinguish between the two. The, the Trans Mountain Pipeline debate that's going on is about twinning an existing pipeline from near Edmonton down to uh, Vancouver and then from there on into the United States. There's already an existing pipeline there, and the idea is it's operating at full capacity. Let's twin it. Now, the other pipeline that was approved on the exact same day is Enbridge's Line 3. That's an existing pipeline that is getting old. It was built in the early 1960s, therefore it's almost 60 years old. Uh, Enbridge has had some problems in maintaining this pipeline. Yes, there's been some leaks because it's getting old. They have voluntarily pulled back on the capacity. They're not operating the pipeline at the same volume they would like. And, in fact, what they announced and what the government approved was a, a redo. They're going to rebuild this pipeline in, in making it brand new. They're also going to expand the capacity to bring more oil. Now, this pipeline starts near Edmonton, a place called Hardesty, Alberta, runs down through Saskatchewan. I think it even goes through a corner of Manitoba and then enters Minnesota. There's kissing cousins out west. In other words, Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba are fine with it. And work has begun on line three. The problem is, and I don't mean to necessarily say the problem, but the holdup is Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota has not given the approvals for this at this point. Uh, and today there's supposed to be a report coming from a judge who's independently reviewing this. Her report goes to their, in essence, pipeline review people. They're not bound by the judge's report, but clearly if the judge were to give a very negative view of this, it could spell a lot of problems for Line 3 going forward. Uh, again, not a new pipeline, replacing an existing pipeline. Yes, in replacing it, they're going to make it have a bigger capacity. That probably makes some sense. Um, and running on the exact same land, so no, no new virgin land going out. But there is still an attempt, at least in Minnesota, to stop all of this. All right, but why then, if, if both of these are, are really you know going along the same lines, it's is this not akin to saying, yeah, you know what, we built a highway there a few years ago, the highway's falling apart, we're just going to resurface it now and fix it up. Uh, you don't have to go through all the approvals again, do you? Well, um... <laughs> Bill, why I'm laughing is that if you built the highway in 1960 when the environmental standards were X and now they're 5X, uh, you don't get grandfathered. So you, you have to go back through some of this 
to show. And increasingly what, what governments are asking of the pipeline is not how much environmental damage you're going to cause as you build the pipeline. And in this situation, since the pipeline's running over the same area, that's easy. I'm not causing any more than is already there. But the concern more is down the road. What, how, do you, how do you handle this over the life of the pipeline, i.e. the next 40, 50 years? What steps do you take? What is your mitigation in case there happens to be a leak? And so they're, they're put back through a regulatory process, and I'm not saying that's wrong. I think it, it makes sense that as we've learned more about the environment in 50 years, we need to ask the right questions. But this is, again, a you know, wonderful debate. Minnesota uh, at this moment has a democratic government. Uh, uh, they're asking good environmental questions. I suppose had there been a Republican government in Minnesota, this might very well have been a rubber stamp. Um, we think, we don't know for sure because the judge is obviously independent, we think the judge is going to say replacing the pipeline makes sense, subject to a series of constraints, whatever those happen to be. Enbridge at this point says, until we hear what those constraints are, we're not sure we're going to be able to go on with this proposal. So from, from a Justin Trudeau standpoint, from a federal government standpoint, to have approved two pipelines and see them both in some, uh, some problems, one domestically, one internationally, it, it again begs the whole question about, well, how easy is it to invest in the energy sector in Canada? Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And listen to The Bill Kelly Show weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.